Welcome to Circle Up DC, a podcast that explores the landscape of restorative justice throughout the District of Columbia Schools. We are the founders of Dramatic Solutions, a company that works with clients to design and deliver engaging learning programs with the goal of bringing about behavioral and attitudinal changes in schools and organizations. We also work with School Talk and Restorative DC to support restorative practices in DC schools. In this podcast, we will consider how the arts can be integrated with restorative practices to support positive school culture and climate and support student and staff leadership and conflict resolution skills. I'm excited and honored to have with us Jamar Roundtree, DC's 2023 Teacher of the Year and finalist for the National Teacher of the Year Award. You know, Coach Roundtree is a pre-K to eighth grade health and physical education teacher at Sitter City Public Charter Schools, Brightwood Campus. We would like to open our podcast today in the same way we would open a circle for our community with an opening reading. The creative power is the living spirit within. Buried beneath the personality, ego, perceptions, fears, and doubts, the creative power is the truth of who we are. Creativity is available. All we have to do is invite it forward and move out of the way. From Ivania Van Zandt. I'm so excited to have you here, uh, Coach Roundtree. It was great when you invited us to your classroom, um, Coach, and we had the opportunity to implement some of our dramatic engagers with your class. And we had a really, really good time. So we appreciate just your support when it comes to the arts. Absolutely. Not only when it comes to the arts, but how he's been able to uh, just be an active participant in a lot of our restorative practices, uh, uh, professional development here with uh, Restorative DC. Uh, but Dr. Lenny, before we go into a little bit of that, could you share with us what are dramatic engagers? Oh, no problem. Uh, well, uh, dramatic engagers are is, is, a, is, is a term that we coined, uh, the drama doctors. Uh, one of the things that we uh, realize is that a lot of times people use games and creative activities in the classroom for brain breaks or 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 as energizers. But we wanted to be able to use some of these strategies as a way to develop social emotional development skills and also academic content. So, uh, Coach Roundtree, can you share with us how you use dramatic engagers and restorative practices in your classroom? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love to use dramatic engagers at the beginning of the school year. Um, it gives students an opportunity to have a little fun um, and be themselves and be able to show uh, some of the things they don't normally show in their regular classrooms. Um, one of the things that I like to use is the the living living picture. Living picture. Thank you so much for having me. No up. problem. Living picture because it gives kids an opportunity to shine through without using words, and that gives that's so powerful for our kids to be able to understand and create magic, you know, without words. Um, and one way that I, I, I use restorative practices is that I love to give my students a voice. That's one of the things that I've been saying this entire year, being you know uh, on this this platform, is being able to give students a voice so that it can be heard. And restorative practices gives us that opportunity. And yes, you know, Coach Tree, we had the opportunity to attend uh, one of your classes, and I was just highly impressed how uh, the young people were engaged. 
One of the uh, activities you used that I really liked was rolling the wall. Rolling the wall was one of the first things that I fell in love with when I did the training way back when, because I, I, I saw so many opportunities that my students can use rolling the wall. Um, one of the ways that I use it in my class is that I give the kids the, the, the picture of themselves and I have them split and I have them do almost like, here is what you are today. What could you be in the future? And so I have them come back to that roll on the wall later on in the, the school year so they can kind of see where they are. And I think roll on the wall gives kids an opportunity to be spontaneous. It gives them an opportunity to um, think about who they really are um, and, and dive a little deeper into the, the, themselves. Wow. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I, I just have to say, uh, you know, we were not surprised when they announced you being the 2023 uh, teacher of the year, but we were also felt proud for you uh, because, uh, as you said, you you know you received uh, the trainings not only with restorative justice but with dramatic engagers, and being able to see how you have evolved the practices and you had made it your own. What is it that you would say that allows you to give yourself the permission to just be creative in the classroom? I have a lot of autonomy over what I can teach in my classroom. Um, but the, the biggest thing is that I want my kids to understand that they have a voice, right? Now, especially now in this day and age where kids are going through so many dramatic experiences and we are losing out on communicating with them because we don't know how to communicate or we don't know what they're going through. And there's no curriculum that will teach you that. And what restorative practices and dramatic engagers does, it's, it engages the student on a different level that allows them to open up. It allows them to be vulnerable and that I can be vulnerable too. There could be situations that are happening at home that I went through as a small child that I can relate to. And then now I have that student that is 100% invested in what's happening in the classroom and 100% invested in what's going on in the school and then 100% invested in being a part of the school culture. You know, I, I want to go back to something you said earlier about having autonomy in your classroom. A challenge for us, especially when it comes to using creativity in the classroom, some teachers feel that uh, they don't have time for it. So can you talk a little bit about, about that? Why do, you, why do you think some teachers feel like it's a challenge? Teachers are burned out. There's no set curriculum for where this fits in, right? And so teachers, sometimes when things don't seem like a puzzle piece, it kind of draws them uh, away from trying to, to, trying to do it. And then this is a situation where you have to plan a little extra. Right? Like you have to take time to actually embed this. You actually can just do this, right? This can be something that you open up your classroom with. My principal gives me a lot of say-so in what I do in my class, and that's huge, right? And if we're saying that we're doing what's best for students, that has to be a priority, right? Giving teachers that space to be able to do that, and they, they need that time. And you can't be pulling teachers away to do other things when they could be planning for situations like this. You know, you're, you're, you're highly trained in it, so you understand that it's about effective statements, that it's about praise, it's about uh, being intentional about when you see, you know, icky behaviors. Can you provide an example of when you utilize restorative practices and or uh, dramatic engagers um, when conflicts um, have creeped up in the classroom? Yeah, absolutely. We had a grade level that were very nitpicking on each other and they couldn't get past you know, arguing with each other or tattletailing on each other. And so one of the things we, we did, a, we did a quick restorative, wasn't quick, but we did a, a restorative circle and I sat everybody down and I, and I had them come clean. I had them talk about what was happening in the classroom. What was making you upset? 
What, why was that making you upset? And I gave kids an opportunity to be able to face the person that they might have conflict with and then also have that person that they had conflict with also express how they felt. And that opens the door for not only for a healthier situation in that classroom, but it also creates a, a warm space for now kids to pull kids aside and say, listen, I didn't like the way that felt. Right? And so when you leave my classroom, you have an opportunity to leave there with a friend rather than leaving there with an enemy because you already talked about the conflict that happened. Uh, that, that is huge on so many levels, right? Because uh, being able to um, identify that there is a need and be able to mediate that in real time within your classroom structure. So having said that, I, I'm, I'm really curious, Coach Roundtree, about the synergy that happens along the way. And what I mean by that is that when the young people leave your classroom, uh, they just seem a little bit more lifted, a little bit more inspired. Like they, they never want to miss your class, right? <laughs> so if you could, uh, you know, give us uh, an example of one of your, your best experiences when it comes to um, you say, you know, this works for me. I, I'm in, I'm all in when it comes to restorative practices. I think these dramatic engages are cool. Provide that one moment where you say, yes, I'm in it. There's, there's quite a few, but this was with my fifth grade group. We were, we were struggling to really come together as a, a classroom. And every time they came in, they came in from uh, a recess. And when you come in from recess after it, a chaos um, and then coming into being confined a little bit, um, it does something to you. And so one of the first things that I did was I, I used a dramatic engager. I split my groups into four and I had them create a scenario. And in that scenario, they had to pick uh, a conflict. And we chose conflicts right out of a, a hat. And I wrote the conflicts down. And these are conflicts that were happening in the classroom and that, were ha that I saw happening in recess. And so they had to create skits on how to problem solve their own problems. And it wasn't until probably about three or four weeks into while this using this as like a five minute to 10 minute situation for as an engager um, where they realized, wait, this is me. Like this is a situation that happened, you know, yesterday or the day before, or whatever the case may be. And they picked up and I was like, are you using our scenarios? I was like, yeah, <laughs> you've been problem solving your own. Uh, like you've been problem solving your own conflicts and didn't even realize you were doing it. And so that moment there, they were like, we can do this. Like, right. When they came in, they were like, all right, what do you got for us now? I was like, you've already done it. So now you need to go take it and use it. And so that very next week, and I, I promise you, that very next week, I saw kids on the playground talking to each other, having a conversation. One kid got hit in the face with a ball. He was really mad about it because he was like, I, I said stop and didn't stop. And they pulled each other aside and they had a conversation. And then someone else came and was like, remember what we learned? I was like, oh, it happened. Wow. It, hap it happened. It does happen. Uh, and so that is, that's, that was it for me, right? Like that's the big eye-opening piece is that kids are using it outside of my classroom. And that's what you want. You want kids to use these tools that you're giving them outside the classroom and not just in my space. And teachers are now picking up on that. Teachers are now seeing that kids are being like be becoming advocates for themselves. And they're starting to say, this is bothering me, right? And they're starting to say this to kids that this is bothering me instead of being quiet. Wow, that was, that was amazing. I mean, uh, that's exactly what we need in the classroom, you know, teaching our young people those skills, you know, those resiliency skills 
those life skills, right? That self-awareness piece, that social awareness. Uh, that's why uh, social emotional development is so important right now. And just listening to you and the work that you're doing and to see and observe how uh, some of the things that you have done in the classroom and they're able to implement into their real life, if we're not doing that, what are we doing, right? So so that's, thank you for sharing that. You know, and that really inspires us, uh, Dr. White, in the work that we're doing is that, you know, more teachers need to do this work in the classroom because, you know, you have them during that time. And I understand academic content is important, but social emotional development is important as well. There are so many things that I could shift away from that would take me away from the engagers or the restorative practices, but I use it as a part of my curriculum. Um, and I use it in a sense that it's a part of what I do. And I think the hard part about wrapping your head around using this is that it doesn't have to be long length, right? It doesn't have to be something that takes the entire class period and that takes away from that academic piece. I'm not taking away from the lessons that I'm, I'm, I'm su supposed to, right? I do that in your quotes, supposed to teach our students, but I'm, I'm giving them an enhanced piece that they can take away from. And I think one example of the way that I use it now is that I put all of the dramatic engagers into a hat and I just pull one out, right? It's just a random, let's do this, right? And so and I can use the book, have that right next to me, but just really quick, let's do this for five minutes. Give kids an opportunity to talk to each other, to move. As you said, Lenny, it's so important now, more than ever, that kids are talking to each other that they're talking about their emotions and that they are aware of their emotions. And that's, that, that's my platform. That's what I want kids to understand because we can't play a sport or we can't talk about team building or let's be real. We can't have kids talking about academics and learning if they are ravishing through their own emotions, if they can't sit still to even have a conversation. And that's why you coach of the year. That's why you <laughs> teach of the year because the work that you're doing, you're transforming the lives of our young people. Because at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure that if you talk to a young person, they're, they're going to remember how you made them feel. And they're going to remember, you know, how you changed their lives. You know, yeah, history and math, all that stuff is important. Mm -hmm. But what you're doing, you're transforming lives. And that's why you're Coach of the Year. And you're doing some excellent work. And I strongly believe that young people are just blessed to be in your classroom. So I'm just so excited about what you're doing and so happy for you. Uh, and it's my understanding that you're going out for na the national teacher of the year. One of five, yep. Hey, vote. Hey, vote. Y'all hear this? <laughs> you got to Look, you have to support Coach Roundtree because he's doing some amazing work. And we would need more teachers like him. And to be an African-American male is so powerful. And they need to see people who look like them. So this is really, really great. Well, I know your story, right? And I'm reminded <laughs> when we talk. Do you think uh, that one of the reasons why you have this mindset is because of your experience as a correctional officer? For, for sure. Like, it gives me another outlook of where our community could end up, right? But I also grew up in that community. And so that shapes the way that I have interactions with individuals all the time. Wow. And so you combine that with me being a corrections officer, with that and me being from the hood and being in it, right? And then combine that with like friends who were on the streets all the time and seeing where that trajectory could go and then where I am, right? Because I was right there in it, right. right there in it. But I decided I'm gonna take a right, right? right? I'm not gonna go left, right? I'm gonna go right, figure out my own path. And that's one of the things that I wanna teach students because they get caught up even if they're not, you know, that far left and they're going down, you know, they're, they're in the streets. 
but they're veering off in this direction where everyone else is going and it might not be the right path for them. And so, and it could just be in their community, but they don't understand there's more outside their community. And I want to provide all of those tools. I want to provide that outlook. I want kids to understand that there's things beyond where their community lies. And, and on top of that, bring their community to them that they can see that there's are positives. Right now, there's so many negatives and there's so much happening. I also live in the neighborhood, so which is great. We had a, a training. I think a lot of teachers have good intentions, right. but you do have to understand the population that you service, right? right? Yeah. Um, and that's not even the black and white thing. Right. There's some people who have experienced what you experienced, right? If they come in, they have good intentions. There's something just annoying, like you said, growing up in that community and seeing that child and said, well, you know, Andre, I, you got to understand, Andre didn't eat anything last week. Right. I know what he's going through. So yeah. We, we got to deal with that. When we first started talking about uh, this sort of piece and how it would, would pan out and, and understanding discipline, right? This is, you're, you have to really diminish the box of what discipline looks like and how you are a disciplinarian when you're trying to use restorative practices. When you are this hard set individual who wants kids to do what you need them to do so you can push them along so they get good grades and they go on to good schools, but kids don't want to hear that, you kind of set up these walls and then you continue to be this hard figure for them, right? Because that's the stable piece in their lives. And when that happens, you lose that connection that you think you're having with that student. Like you're losing that connection until you start to break down the hardiness of what you're trying to really get at. And that's just to love that student. And you, you want to love that student through many different ways. One of them is being tough, but you don't have to be so tough that it's this wall that you created between you and that student. But there's also this restorative piece where now you have kids talking to you about their problems, right? And so now they're listening to you as you are listening to them. And now you have a better door. And now you've also created a better student, right? Because now they can see their wrongs rather than just hearing their wrongs and then going to do something else wrong again. I was not set on that when I first heard of restorative practices, but I learned what that does for students and how it's so helpful, especially students who have that hard personality, right? Like especially students who feel like they're tough. Um, And some students are tough, right? Because they go home and they take care of their siblings, right? That's all they know. I was one of those kids. Right. At age 10 and a half, I'm taking care of two kids like that. Just like, like that's I shouldn't be doing that. But that's how I grew up. That's just what I had to do. And that's all I knew. And that's some of these kids here. Luckily, I had a few role models that I really looked up to that was like, all right, here is your path. It doesn't have to be this. And I'm like, even if I was a stubborn kid, because I was um, and I was that kid that you didn't like. Uh, or you liked enough, right? Like I you liked that. enough, yeah. right? Um, you liked enough. You like, oh, that kid could go somewhere if you know he gets his act together, right? Right. The the people that I held close to me, that I would, I came to school for, right? School was my safe space. Uh, I moved around a lot, and the only it doesn't matter what school it was, but school to me was a safe space. The general idea of what school was: four walls with teachers and kids. Right. I knew what that was. But then what changes is the individuals who are who see you, right? The individuals who see you, who you are, or who you are. That changed for me, and that's the continuity that I, I looked for. Mm-hmm. Like, what school, when I, when I went into a different school, I was like, okay, one, who could I make mad? Two, <laughs> uh, uh, who's the cool kid in school? Right. Three, is there going to be a teacher, right, in my brain, whether I'm thinking about it or not, is there going to be a teacher that I can look up to or, like, kind of be, like, friends with, you know? 
giving them the elbow. And whether kids don't seem like they're looking for that, they are. It's innate in kids to look for individuals who they look up to, who they can say, hey, that's a person that helped me out, right? Or who could help me out, right? I'm going through all this stuff that's heavy, and I don't know sometimes where to put that. And where I put it is pushing this person. Or where I put it is uh, I talk back. Where I put it is I don't do my work and put my head down and go to sleep. Where I put it is I just, I'm very good at sports, but academics isn't it. So we put it in all these different boxes and bags that kids are carrying around all day. And for me, school was a finite situation. And I had, luckily, some role models that I can look up to that like kept me pretty much on the straight and narrow. Um, but that, that was it for me. And so, you know, when you think, when you're, when you're talking about, you know, African-American males in school systems, we are still, I think the, the, the new statistic came out that we were 2%. Two percent of educators, for me to be on this this stage as teacher of the year in DC, which we have some amazing teachers, for me to be picked as one of the the, the highlights, it's so awesome. Tie that into being physical education, and then tie that into be right. Tie that being into a finalist, the first to do it as physical education, like that's that's huge, and. I think that for me is the win, right? Winning for National Teacher of the Year, while that'd be cool if I won, right? Like that would be cool if I win. I've already won though, because not only can I lift up the arts, right? Because that's so important, but I can also do this spotlight on physical education and the importance of social emotional learning and the importance of restorative practices and like the importance of dramatic engagers. I can now highlight that and spotlight it so that individuals, not only teachers, but parents and communities get to understand how important it is for these pieces to be put into place and stop taking physical education away from kids mm. and using it as like brain bricks. Right. right. Kids should not be turning off their brains. They should be activating their brains to be active. Right. That's, it. That's what I'm thinking. No, right. Because no, I, I, you know why? Because I do it in my classroom. Wow. Right. I teach math. I teach literacy. I teach social studies. I teach culture. Right, like I teach social emotional learning, right? Like I teach all of these subjects, and while it's not to the level of the academics that's happening in their classrooms, but it is helping. And kids will come back to you and say, "Oh, you know what? I learned that in Coach Roundtree's class." Oh, but did you learn that in your academic class? Like, oh, I didn't. I didn't pick up on it, but you put it in this way where I can understand it. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been insightful. Uh, you you have inspired us to carry on. This is not easy work. It's accessible work. It's fun work. And what I mean by it's not easy work is, is it, you have to work the work. But the benefits are fruitful. Restorative works. It's important to be in the place and putting yourself in a space of creativity, of healing, and reaching out to next steps. Thank you for joining us. Circle Up DC is made possible by Restorative DC, a program of school talk with funding by DC Office of State Superintendent of Education. This episode was co-produced by Lisa Shaw, Restorative DC Special Projects Manager, and Abby Moser, founder of One District Media. Our music is by student musicians Mark Brown, Shane Outlaw, and Giovanni Ramos of Education Unlimited LLC, who created the track 
during a work-based learning experience supported by Arts to Advocacy, a program of School Talk, with funding by the DC Department of Disability Services Rehabilitation Service Administration. Thank you for listening, and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Restorative DC.